0: It is Thursday, September 14th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Pluke. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Quick shout out to the Reno Aces. Nice enough to send me this lid. This is one of their alternate hats. How cool is this, huh?
1: Is that sangria? What do we got working there? Some wine?
0: I, I, I don't know exactly what it is on the bill, but it is some sort of angry drinking cup filled to the uh, rim with something good and it's got a baseball bat on it so it's awesome looking good one i love it i mean hey guys i'm part of the
1: show too i don't yes. know if anyone knows that i would no, like some free they...
0: i like hats yeah well i sit here you know me and my minor league collection is like near and dear to my heart so there you go
1: okay well you always have a hat and you explain why you wear it i'm going to shout out this one it's for the Braves cuz they're good oh. and we're going to talk about them a lot in this episode all right and
0: we uh we get it going with some late breaking news Truth be told, we had our show put to bed, and then this happened, and so we wanted to react to it that, according to Jeff Passon of ESPN, Heim Bloom is out as the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox. Made it almost four full seasons. He took over at the start of the 2020 year, never had a finish that was higher than second place in the division. So he finished last in 2020, second in 2021, last in 2022, and they're trying not to finish last. They're currently fourth of five teams in the American League East as we speak. How shocked are you that he is done?
1: I, it's personally I'm pretty shocked, uh but as we're now kind of digging into, you know, what's what's being said around Boston, I think this has kind of been talked about for a couple of days now. Buster Olney kind of hinted at it a few days ago. Um Look, I know that a lot of Boston fans have, you know, first of all, what was one of the very first things that Bloom had to do? Hey, he was brought in to
0: be the hatchet man and sell Mookie right? bets to the highest bidder. We, but he knew that coming
1: in. From the get-go, he was, like, he was behind the eight ball. Totally. From the get-go. So then the only thing that can change that is go win. And they really haven't done that. Mm-hmm. And our slogan and my slogan, I know Haim from the Rays. I said, let's give Haim time. Four years, is that time? I don't know. Kind well, of, I think it is. Especially if if you're continuously kind of having the same things happen to your team. Like, they haven't had a good starting pitching on the Red Sox in these four years. I, I I'd have to go back and look. But in my mind, they haven't had good starting pitching. And that's what I start every single TPP off we do for talking baseball. What's their starting pitching look like? And I think every single year I'm like, man, they need some starting pitching. And it's like, okay, well, these guys might do this. These guys might do that. Well, no, like sometimes you need to address it in different ways. And like we need to make sure that's that gets done. So you have the Mookie thing. You have the lack of success. You have the Xander Bogart situation. It's uh in a, in a, in a market like Boston, I guess. Four years is time. And if you're not getting the job done, you're on the hot seat, man. So it sounds like he has done a nice job
0: rebuilding the farm there, that they are on the cusp of having some decent players. Um, I have to admit, I don't spend a significant amount of my baseball brain on stuff like that, particularly when you're a team like the Boston Red Sox who are expected to compete every year. The one thing we don't know are the meetings that he has with ownership behind closed doors. What are those budgets looking like? You know, hey, we need to add more to the pitching staff. This year, that was Corey Kluber. That turned into an unmitigated disaster. Chris Sale has not been healthy in years. They can't count on their highest paid pitcher to get it done. Some of their other guys that they needed to count on have not been able to stay healthy. Some of the young guys that were coming up through their farm system have not been able to deliver because they haven't been on the mound every five days. He built um, an everyday lineup, bringing in guys who you expected teams to sign when they're on the cusp of making it to the playoffs, right? Justin Turner, Adam Duvall, uh, Kenley Jansen in the bullpen. Those are guys who are in their mid to late 30s at the end of their career who could help out playoff teams. And this team, they got interesting in the middle of the year, but you never felt like they were a true serious contender. So I felt like their thought process, while interesting as a baseball fan, was flawed to Red Sox fans. Um, And one other point, I think that Boston ownership just saw David Stearns head to New York. And I think that making this move with two and a half weeks to go, they don't want to be left out in the cold. They want to start their process now to make sure that they don't let another good young executive
1: go somewhere else. Here's my final thought on this. I think fan bases are okay with the extremes. I think they've become okay with a front office saying, Hey, we are going to rebuild. It's gonna take a few years, but we're gonna build the farm system up and bring it back. And they give these examples. And now, do I agree with that? Not really. Uh, but I think fan bases have said, okay, we can we can deal with that. Or fan bases like when you when you freaking go for it hmm. and you're on that end. What they don't like is being caught in the middle where you're not really winning, but you're not really breaking it down, restocking everything. And I think that's kind of where the Red Sox have been the last four years is somewhere in the middle. And that's not good enough for fan bases, especially in a media market like Boston.
0: We'll certainly keep our eyes on this developing situation. Once again, Heim Bloom is out after four years as the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox. In the meantime, we make the shift from, The Boston Red Sox to the Atlanta Braves, who are celebrating yet again. Struck him out! The Braves are the kings of the East yet again! Six straight division
1: crowns for Atlanta. be able to do it six times, everyone feels like it's their first time doing it again. You know, I knew... With the injury last year, I wanted to find an opportunity to win. You know, I feel like personally I've accomplished a lot in my career, more than I could have ever asked for. And the last thing <laughs> the last thing left, check the box, was to win a World Series.
0: That's Kevin Pilar, uh, one of the newer Braves, speaking about the success of the team. So awesome. Awesome for them. They have far and away been the best team in baseball all season long. The big question is, does Atlanta now need to win it all to kind of change maybe a national narrative? Or because it's so difficult to win the World Series, does that not even matter?
1: Are you saying the national narrative because of what happened in the 90s? Is that what what? you're talking about? So it's a good question,
0: right? I think people – All
1: right, now, Chris, everybody that's on TV that's talking nationally about baseball is calling this team – one of the best offenses ever assembled. Mm-hmm. One of the best, most complete teams that we've ever seen assembled. So I, I don't know about the narrative nationally, to be honest with you.
0: Well, maybe not change the national narrative. I think maybe I um misspoke. I would say significantly improve the national narrative, right? Because when you get two World Series, now we're talking about something different. Because they could go along as a team that's won six straight division crowns, that has appeared and won in a World Series but there's a lot of teams that have won a world series over the last 10 years.
1: I don't think they necessarily have to win a world series this year to change the narrative on them, mainly because I think they're going to be in this position a lot. So Mm -hmm. they're going to have more chances than um, just this year. I mean, you know, the core that they have wrapped up there. They, you understand, you know, the system they have in place. I mean, that thing is, it's an absolute juggernaut what they got going down there in Atlanta. So I don't think that they're, this is going to be like the only time and, or like the last hurrah, not everyone's riding off into the sunset after the season, which we've seen some teams go through, like the Cubs went through that, you know, uh, they, they win a world series. You kind of think maybe these guys will be together for a long time. That ends up not happening. This, this team is set for the next five years, six years. It's nuts. So, to answer your question, I don't think they do have to win a World Series to change the national perception. I think everybody that follows baseball, um, you know, whether it's regionally or you just watch NLB Network and or you watch our shows, you understand just how good this franchise is and how good this team this year is. So although I do think they're the odds-on favorite to win the World Series this year, I, I don't think they have to change the national nar- narrative because I believe the national narrative already is this is one of the better teams we've seen assembled in a long time.
0: Right, and, and I, I wish I could go back and re-tee on that. I, change the national narrative is not the right phrase, in my opinion. Add to is the right one. Because you can be great during the regular season. You can make it to the playoffs every year. At the end of the day, you're measured by what, Trevor?
1: Trophies, baby. That's
0: it. That's it. And so would you rather be the Boston Red Sox over the last 10 years, or would you rather be the Braves or the Dodgers over the last 10 years?
1: 10 years. Yeah. So
0: since 2013, when Boston won and then they they won won since then they won in 13 and they won in 2018, but they've had years where they've been in last place or haven't made the playoffs. Whereas the Dodgers have punched their ticket every season. The Braves have won six straight division titles. Like which would you rather be?
1: They're very comparable, to be honest with you. You have those extreme highs with the Boston Red Sox. But, you know, if you're a Dodgers fan or a Braves fan, like times are good all the time. And, like, you get to enjoy – you don't have off years. So, I mean, they're, they're comparable to me. So that's a difficult question to answer, to be honest with you. I think, honestly, I'd rather be one of the Dodgers or the Braves because you're getting a shot at it every single year.
0: Does it bother you? You brought up the 90s Braves, who I think won 14 straight division crowns. I believe that's what it was. But people say, well, they only won in ninety-five. Does it bother you when people say you only win
1: one? No, not really. I mean, that that's see, that's different. When you're 14 years winning straight winning the division and getting one World Series, that's if this if it ends up that this Braves team only wins one World Series, I think we'll look back at it as like, man, they couldn't answer the bell.
0: Hmm. Right? So doesn't that make it imperative that they do it this year? Because it feels like they're so much better than everybody else.
1: So I like that the way you amended the question there as adding on, because there is a huge difference. If they just go and they're a great team and they win one World Series, I think we do look at that 90s Braves team as like, okay, well, or not not the team. There's a bunch of different players, you know, on those teams, but there's a there's a core there. Mm -hmm. I'd say we look at that era and say man they just couldn't get the job done God, that's so and weird it's tough right
0: so weird I. it's so unfair too i mean go ask anybody that did not win a ring there's some guys who didn't even get a chance to participate in the playoffs i hear you um with all due respect there are hall of famers as well who didn't get a shot at it right who never won one i mean it's listen when you no, had you had a very ridiculous. successful career but there are some guys who are the greatest players ever and never even sniffed it. And now we we sit here and we we're so petty with people. Like, they give us something, and we want more and more and more. And when you don't give it to us, then we classify you as you failed. Like, how the hell did the Braves of the 90s fail?
1: I don't get it. You would classify this team as a disappointment. If the next five years or six years, they don't win another World Series, I think you do. I think you do, and that's only because, Chris, it's uh-huh. only because of what they've built. It is so good that, like, you got to expect one more, at least one more championship out of this team. Wow, I think you're right.
0: I think you're right. I wonder if you asked the players that are in that locker room today and phrased it that way, if they would answer
1: that. It's difficult to put that on yourself, I think. And you have to, you know, the first thing you play for every single year is a division title. I mean, that's, that's kind of, I mean, I think sticker even said that uh, when they were celebrating yesterday, he's like, look, we have to win our division. That's goal. Number one. That's what we want. And then you, and then you move on and your goals change and you have other end goals and all that. But, uh, oh man, it, it's, it is hard to put it on these guys, isn't it? Cause they've done so well all year long. And then you're asking them to just reach a pinnacle that is it's so difficult.
0: That's the world we live in. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. They have an off day where they will sober up and then they'll play oh, they're in Miami, the Miami too, Marlins. By I the know, way. I know.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> so they'll sober up just in time to go get hammered again. Oh, no, they won't. On. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just go chase it. Chase it. So the Braves' divisional win came hours after Philly's manager, Rob Thompson, went viral thanks to an earlier interview he did in Philly on WIP. He was asked about Ronald Acuna's celebration when he took Zach Wheeler way deep, like to Scranton or something like that. And then he's flying or literally like flying around the bases, the whole bit Um, before Wednesday's game, Thompson was asked to clarify his radio statement. Well, that doesn't mean that our guys don't celebrate or, you know, like Reese slamming his bat last year during the playoffs, something like that. guys get excited and that has nothing to do with the
1: Atlanta Braves. What, what Ronald does for Arizona they can do what they want and I can't control that. I just I just mentioned that I just prefer people to act like they've been there
0: before. Is this much to do about nothing?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, he's an old school guy. He's been around the game for a long time. <clears throat> There's a lot of coaches that are around the big leagues that feel this way. There's a lot of players that are still in the big leagues that feel this way, especially pitchers, you know how they are. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, I think I think Topper regrets going on the radio station and saying that cuz you just open yourself up to, you know, having to Answer another question the following day about it. Then you have to, you know, say, "Well, our guys do it. It's okay. I don't like them to do it. It's a slippery situation." Um, But I'll, I, I'll reiterate: there's guys all around the league who still act, or who still will say, "Like I want our guys to act, quote unquote, professionally, and and like Topper said, act like they've been there before. That's just how the game was, you know." And you get outliers every now and then, but for the most part, that was just hammered into your head. It was hammered into my head as a player, as a young guy. Like, Act like you've been there before. I'm like, I haven't been here before, so I don't know how to act, you know, and they teach you. <laughs> um, so the game has changed, man. And we're, you know, we're at, a, we're at a time now where there's been a lot of different influences, a youth movement. I think, you know, we'll t- we can talk about the Latin influence on baseball all day long. Like they play with passion, dude, and they like to celebrate. That's the bottom line. It's great. I think it's made our sport better, but it made it more entertaining. So I think Topper was a little out of pocket with that saying, you, you know, again, it's just he doesn't need to say that on a radio station. Like you could talk about that amongst friends, amongst your teammates, amongst your peers, all that stuff, because I guarantee that gets talked about a lot in the big leagues still. But you go on a radio station, you just open yourself up to, you know, us talking about you now and you having to go back and answer the question again. So I don't think it's a big deal. To answer your question, I but I don't think he should have said it. Because that's not the way the but, game's played now. And even guys on his own team, I mean, dude, you people on his team are going to, I'm not using the word P-I-M-P anymore. Showboat. Okay. We're using boat now. Okay. You're, a lot of people on his team boat too. You're lucky I can't spell. Um, so
0: it became a story in part because the Braves took it to another level. And I understand it, right? Tyler Matzick went on social media and said, Hey, listen, if you don't like it, get us out and you're not going to get us out. So just get out the way so we can enjoy. Here's the thing. Hold on, hold
1: on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I guarantee this is the funny part of all this. I guarantee Tyler Matzik has sat back in his locker and said, I can't believe what that guy did after hitting that home run. Guarantee I'm guaranteed. He's he has. been mad about it too. It's you have to evolve your, your thinking as the game evolves too. You can't just sit in one place, people.
0: Yeah. And then by the way, Ronald Acuna put it on his social media. Yeah. He took Matzik's quote and put it on there as well. So,
1: you know, we did. We put on a T-shirt. So if, yeah. if you're a Braves fan, go check it out.
0: Good. Shop.johnboymedia.com. Go get it. Um, I, I wish that Rob Thompson had said on WIP what he said in the dugout before the game when somebody said, can you clarify your stance on it? I wish he had said, hey, listen, I'm an old school guy and this is the way I feel. I like it to watch our guys and act as though they've been there before. But I understand that that's not the way the game's played today. Like Reese Hoskins last year slammed his bat in the playoffs. People loved it. Fine. It wasn't my cup of tea, but that's okay. Like that's, I think that's how you handle it. Whatever. He got caught in the morning. I don't think it's the biggest deal ever. I don't think it's a thing that's going to divide the Braves. And the. you know, what divides the Braves and the Phillies right now. Talent. A lot of it on Atlanta's side.
1: Yeah, there's, there is, there is, this. Chris. This season ain't over, bro. Hey, man, this is the biggest. Well, the surprise. season's over, but the postseason's about to be here.
0: That's true. And Philly got them last year, so it could happen again in a very short series. I'll tell you this, though. If you had told me that the Braves were going to clinch the division on September 13th, I would have been like, what are you talking about? There's no way in that division. No way.
1: I will say this. I've had teams clinch on your home field many times as a Twins player. It it doesn't leave your memory. I remember Jason Kipnis and freaking uh Nick Swisher mm-hmm. clinching at our field, putting the hands up. It will never leave their minds. So in the short term especially, they're going to be I I didn't I didn't um I I was watching the game. I they didn't really pan enough to the Phillies side, at least I didn't see it. I was kind of grilling some food when I was watching. I guarantee there were guys in the top step just watching it because you put it in your mind, man, use it as fuel. Like I, I, like I said, I can't wait. I hope these two teams match up in the post. I hope
0: so too. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. And I know that the talent gap is not significant, but it all came together for the Braves in a year where they weren't exactly hundred percent healthy. I think they used something like 16 different starting pitchers alone And they're still kicking ass. So good for them. That was awesome to see. Uh, Today's edition of Baseball Today is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, you ever find yourself, you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking to you, your thoughts start racing right before bed or other kind of inopportune moments for you? Well, it turns out one great way to make those thoughts racing go away is to talk through them. And therapy gives you a place to do that. So it allows you to get those negative thoughts and those cycles out of your brain, and you can find some inner peace. You've heard me talk an awful lot about therapy. I've been in and out of therapy ever since I was a little kid. There wasn't one particular thing that made me start going to therapy. My parents just always thought it was good to have somebody, uh, a fresh set of eyes and ears on situation outside of the household. You know, so you can always talk to people you trust, whether that's family members and friends. But it's also important to talk to a licensed therapist and it can help you, whether that's in your workplace, whether that's with relationships with significant others or friends, et cetera, et cetera. Like last night, I got to be honest with you, I had to leave our bedroom. I put my head on the pillow and my mind was racing and I hate it when that happens. It happens to me every few weeks and I couldn't get out of it. So I had to go into another room and try and relax and try and take some deep breaths. And it just I didn't sleep a lot last night. And maybe I should heed my own advice and sign up for BetterHelp. It's entirely online. Uh, It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a really brief questionnaire. They'll match you up with a licensed therapist. If it doesn't work out, like if you don't connect with your therapist, it's okay. You can switch at any time. No additional charge. So get a break from your thoughts. BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash baseball today. Get 10% off your first month, which is really good. This is BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash baseball today. We wish you well on that. It's important to go take care of yourself. Uh, biggest series of the year in the American League East tonight starts in Baltimore. Four games set between the Rays and the O's. Baltimore has a two game lead in the division. Should the managers, Brandon Hyde and Kevin Cash, run this series like it's a playoff series?
1: Hmm. Um, it's gonna be close. I think they're gonna manage it, you know, with you know, kind of all hands on deck mentality. I don't know if they're gonna get into it as much as like a do or die winner go home playoff series because it's not it's not that. It's it's close to winner go home for the division. Uh for the Rays, especially. They got they got, you know, two games to make up. So I, I don't think they're gonna go all out emptying everything because we still have two weeks left of the season. We still have to get ready for the actual postseason, which both these teams will be in. So I think it's going to be a great series. I love that it's a four-gamer. I love that it's on the weekend. I love the pitching matchups. I even love that the Orioles lost a series uh before. I think there's, you know, a little bit of hunger there, a little bit of, like can they just turn the page and get right back to this series. So the storylines are there. Um unfortunately for the the Orioles, they're going to be dealing with maybe a uh, missing Mountcastle, but they got uh what's the guy's name? Kirsted. Kirsted, yeah he's there not they're bringing I don't him think up. he's activated yeah. yet they're gonna see what's going on with Mount Castle. I haven't seen the official word on that so I mean look these teams are going to be going all out for this series I mean if Baltimore sweeps this series the division's basically over if the Rays sweep this series they have a two-game lead uh in the division so like it's gonna it can flip in this series so like I said I think there will be an all hands on deck approach to it, but I don't think it'll get as far as like a a, a winner go home postseason will go. Like I don't see I don't think we're gonna be seeing uh, relievers throw all four games or you know, if, if a guy does throw over twenty thirty pitches, I don't think he'll pitch the next night. I still okay. think they'll be diligent with pitch counts and and innings and stuff like that, whereas in the postseason you kind of throw those out the window. Okay, so let's start
0: with the simple math here. They have played nine times so far. The O's have won six of nine. Because you only play 13 games against your divisional opponent in the regular season, Baltimore only has to win one of these four in order to clinch the season series. Why is that so important? Because there is no game 163. So you start with that. Baltimore's Brandon Hyde is managing to win one game in this series. He'd love to go two and two. I think he would take one, even though they'd be tied. But So, for example, they win tonight. They have a three-game lead. It's technically a four-game lead. Yes. It's a big deal. Yes. It's a big deal with two and a half weeks to go. Uh, I think Kevin Cash wants to apply some pressure to keep this game as close as possible because he wants to see what life is like without Felix Bautista. I know we've talked a little bit about this. I even know that he threw a little bit the other day, but they still don't know what what they're looking at with him moving forward. I just want to give you mountain stats here. Five games against the Rays this year. Four saves, one win. Two hits allowed, 11 Ks, six and two-thirds innings pitched. That is dominance. That means when he is coming to the game, it's been over. Tampa knows he's not there. So I think that Kevin Cash will manage the first eight innings in a really interesting way, particularly tonight and tomorrow. I think he wants to tighten the screws on uh, Brandon Hyde's team and see, okay, you got us earlier 6-9, and nine, but that was with the big boy. Now
1: what? Do you think this is more pressure on the Orioles or the Rays in this series?
0: Well, I, I don't think the Orioles care who starts game one of a series. And... So if they had to go short series first, if they had to host the best two out of three against the five seed, I think they're happy starting any one of those guys. And if they win it, they'll take their chances in the next round. I think the Rays know that they have to get, they can't play a short series early and blow glass. Now in Eflin, because that's going to put them behind the eight ball. It's the best way for them to advance. And I think Baltimore's like, eh. We could start any one of these four or five guys that we have in our rotation and feel good about it. Kevin Cash might say the same thing. I don't think he believes that.
1: That's interesting. He never manages like that, though. They don't they don't they never have care who's on the mound. I mean, they they want their guys, but they feel comfortable with their bullpen. They feel comfortable with anybody.
0: Yeah, except that sixty percent of their opening day rotation is arm surgery. So I would agree if uh McClanahan, Rasmussen, and Springs yeah. were still there. But but the, the, guys the rotation the we bat- were
1: talking about was the best rotation in all the baseball.
0: Hey, I know that Taj Bradley threw the ball okay yesterday. Um, I don't know if I want him starting game one of the divisional round on the road.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I think, I think they have enough pitch in there. I, I, yeah, maybe not a Taj Bradley, but what Latell shown and, and, you know, you know, I know you have some, like, you, you, I feel like you have some PTSD with Savali. Did you watch some bad starts of his in Cleveland a bunch or what, man? No,
0: but I'm assuming that Savali would start what, let's say that that um, three game series goes the distance. You would burn Savali most okay. likely as long as it, on, Depending on the matchup, you know, maybe he's not good against somebody. So, I mean, do I have B? Yes, I do. I mean, he started game five against the Yankees and didn't get out of the first inning. So, yeah. I oh, I forgot I'm, about that. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for I love him. I, I, he's a gamer, dude. I want to see This is going
1: to be a great series. It man. will be
0: fun. It will be fun. No question. All right. We started with the Atlanta Braves. We're going to finish with the Atlanta Braves. Danny, why don't we play this a little soundful? This is the uh, IG live of Ronald Acuna. This is kind of cute okay so i had to send this clip to our resident translator at the john boy media offices joe's mcfly i was like joe's what is he saying and he basically said oh the champagne it tastes bad tastes bad is what he said, I said malo. okay malo i thought i heard it in there but it you know it got by me quickly so it was like a lot of ground balls when i would play the infield mm-hmm, well. yeah it just got past me quickly Should have recognized it, couldn't. Um, Champagne, overrated or underrated?
1: Now, I think I have a pretty accurate take on this. Um, And I'm sure you do, too, for how hoity-toity you are. You probably Ah. drink champagne for breakfast. I think champagne on its own, not great. It needs something with it. Now, whether that's a champagne toast. If you toast and someone's given a toast, you drink a little champagne, it's fine. Hmm. You're never going to order it just to have a glass of champagne. I don't think you should. The other two things you can do, and this is going to, now I'm raising my pinky up a little bit here champagne and caviar. I don't know if there's a better. Combination. Wow. Yeah, I'm being serious. Like okay, if you got a Snootyville, splurge a little bit and get you a little champagne and caviar. That really works. Or the classic little douse of OJ in your okay. champagne, get you the mimosa. Then it's great. I'm all about it. I like it, but it needs to be paired with something. Champagne on its own, not so much. Yeah, I'm not a champagne guy. I'm
0: not even a champagne and orange juice guy. And I will come clean. Never had caviar in my life. Never.
1: Dude, let's go get some. Let's go get some champagne and caviar.
0: Well, you guys probably, based on where you live, it's probably like lemonade stands there. You know, the kids are out there. <laughs> caviar. Caviar raising money for school, only $1,000 $1, tablespoon. That. Nobody does that.
1: And you know what? They even have caviar vending machines at the mall, the Topanga Mall. Did you know that? Did not. It I happens during the holiday season. Olivia know. will make a, she'll do a, a little something like for Christmas. We'll get it. You know, you, you dice up some hard-boiled egg. You have little onions. Um, It's great, man. A little creme fraiche. Okay. I've had enough. Champagne,
0: thumbs down. Sorry, I'm out. I'm out. And speaking of which, we are out as well. We will see you Friday uh, if you want to join us live on the AMP app, most likely around noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, who drinks champagne and orange juice with his pinky out while dousing into his caviar. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.